Here we go. Andy Warren here to talk to you about our sponsors, Manscaped.com. At this point, you know the drill. You've heard it enough times. You know about the Lawnmower 4.0. You know about the cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to skin-safe technology. You know about the 7,000 RPM motor. You know about a new multifunction on-off switch to engage travel locks. And you know about the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight and the fact the lawnmower is waterproof. You know about the weed whacker. Stuart Watson's told you about that. Sort out your nose and ear hair. And you know about the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, which will help you smell your best. But what you maybe don't know is about the two free gifts thrown in with the Performance Package 4.0. Free gifts. And that's what we all want, isn't it? Manscaped will throw in a pair of boxers. Really comfortable. Really, really soft. They'll look after you. And you know what? The best bit about it is the Shed Travel Bag. It's a black and brown leather travel bag. I walk into football grounds holding it. I feel like a football player. I walk into budget hotels with it following football matches. And I feel like a big deal. So, Performance Package 4.0, two free gifts, boxers, Shed Travel Bag. And you can get 20% off all of those things and free shipping by using the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Now on with the show. Hello friends and welcome to Monday's Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town podcast. Yes, it's Monday. Yes, the weather's not very good and yes, Town still haven't won a game. But console yourself, friends, because today is an historic day for the first time in Kings of Anglia history. All five Kings are on the same podcast. And I'm going to start, of course, with the most popular King, the man who when he's not on the show, we get complaints saying, yeah, it was all right, but it, it needed hashtag more bacon, hashtag bacon and mash. Can I just say to those people who do do that, please stop, because Mike's Mike's ego is already large enough. We don't need to inflate it any further. The man like Big Porker, Mike Bacon, how are you? King of Kings. Well, that's a fantastic introduction. Thank you very much, uh, Heathy. Um, that's, it's quite, um, and if you do stop doing hashtag more bacon, then I won't come on. So <laughs> it's up to you. Um, quite simply, the only reason I'm on here is because of that. Um, I've been coerced, um, but yes, I'm here and looking and looking forward to uh, looking forward to a good chat. Yeah, Mike's here against his will, so mm. to have you believe. Um, the man you were with watching town at the weekend, or two of the men, I should say, Stewie Watson, the doctor. Stewie, how are you? Morning. Yeah, very well, thank you. Are you excited for this historic show? Uh, uh, very much so. Excellent, Roscoe. The beard is looking more and more lustrous each time I see you. Um, what's the what's the regime at the moment? Is it just let it grow? I just woke up ten minutes ago, um, <laughs> and it's just yeah, it is what it is. How I woke up, so there we go. See, a lot of people might think that was uh, that's Roscoe joking, but I genuinely believe that is the case. We all know that Roscoe is from asleep to awake in naught point naught 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 one second. So there we go. Uh, it goes from asleep to podcasting in in less than a minute. Uh, and the man who wasn't at Portman Road this weekend because he was attending a, a wedding. Lovely little event there. Actually, probably the first since COVID hit, I'd imagine. How are you? How was the wedding? Tell us all about it. Um, it was very nice. Thank you. Good friends, good food, good times. Did you manage to stay off your phone and, and avoid the town score? Yeah. 
Yep, yep, far too much going on. So yeah, don't I still I'm... don't know the score now. So I'm looking, forward to... <laughs> I'm, still, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. We'll do a big reveal in a second. Uh, I should just mention before we get going. Of course, um, the show brought to you in association with Manscaped.com and friends. New Woolsey Theatre for reasons I'll get into in a bit. Very exciting indeed. But boys, let's start. We always have to start with the game. Ipswich Town still searching for that first win of the season, five games in. I'll continue to say it's not how we uh, we hoped slash expected this season to start. A 2-2 draw at home with MK Dons on Saturday. Um, should we just start with opening thoughts? Uh, and then we'll come back to kind of analysing the game itself. But Mike, you were, you were there Saturday. What did you make of it? Um, well, of course, a, a lot of frustration again, wasn't it? Um, I mean, it was almost sort of... Um... It was, it was just, as I said, uh, when we did a little video afterwards with Stuart, it was more esque all over again, looking like, um, yeah, you're going to grab the win. And then someone makes a bit of a rock up, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 the frustration levels are growing every match now um, without but we mustn't get over carried away about it. It is still early days and they really could have, should have and all that sort of thing. Um, but. Do you know what? I enjoyed the game. It was entertaining. I mean, I can remember four or five years ago, 20 minutes into a match with a Mick McCarthy game, I'd be reading my programme. <laughs> so bored. I mean, it was literally so dull. And and even perhaps not mix, even 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 in some of the Lambos days, you know, it was just dull. And but you couldn't take your eye off it. My my hands, my fingers were working like hundred to the dozen, tapping things out, and Stewie was tapping. We couldn't talk to each other. There was so much going on. You know, um, so look. It's frustrating. Let's not beat around the bush. They should have won a game by now. Um, they know they should. We, it's no good keep pouring out the same stuff. But it was entertaining. There's lots of things you can see are going to be right there. Um, they just got to stop making these mistakes they're making. Just so ridiculous. It's frightening. You know. I mean, mm. for some reason our defence and our midfield suddenly think they're like Franz Beckenbauer, and well, you've probably never heard of him, have you? But anyway, and people like him, you know, who could dribble out from the back and do just. I'm not saying hoof the ball, but just move the ball and don't get caught. And um, yeah, so entertaining, but sadly, you know, it's points that count, isn't it? You know, we can sit here all day talking how entertaining it is, and you know, yeah. we finished tenth in the league with entertainment huge but middle of the table that's no good i'd just like to point out for the listeners benefit that i do know who franz beckenbauer is i have heard yeah. of franz beckenbauer yeah. so there you go mike you're not alone there stewie um mike's right though isn't it i mean yes they've not won yet but good lord it's been entertaining thus far isn't it yeah four four goals woodwork struck two or three times in that match we do have to remind ourselves just how poor i mean mike mike sort of talked about the uh, some of the mick mccarthy stuff the Lambert stuff as well, even the back end of last season under Cook. How many how many times are we talking about going a whole game without a shot on target? Let alone, you know, it's uh, so it's. I can get used to watching this team. We were told Paul Lambert talked a lot about oh, I'm going to deliver rock and roll football. This feels more like rock and roll football to me. This is you know fullbacks bombing on, taking risks, being on the front foot, delivering on that at the moment, and the hope is that the game management and all the other little stuff, the the naivety, I think Paul uh, Paul Cook called it afterwards, that kind of gets eradicated and these mistakes sort of lessen over time and the good stuff remains and, and it all comes together. But frustration is the word, isn't it? Frustration mm. is the word that uh, playing some good stuff in attack, but just gifting goals away and it's becoming a recurring theme and, and go back through these 
five games now in all competitions, or if this had happened, and if this might, if the Fraser penalty had gone in, if Bon hadn't missed at Cheltenham, if you can go on and on. At some yeah. stage, you can't keep talking about ifs, buts, and maybes. As Mick McCarthy said, if my auntie had balls, she'd be my <laughs> uncle. You know, it's uh, it's it's happening too often now, and it needs to stop. Still very much, I'd like to stress, boys, in the bottom half of the table, the Heath Hot Take remains valid and spot on. Roscoe, your boy, Macaulay Bond, bounced back in emphatic style from an extraordinary miss on Tuesday night, an extraordinary miss, to an extraordinary goal. Good Lord, I've watched this goal so many times. Town put out an unbelievable angle on it yesterday, and you see that the ball sailing across the pitch from KVY. Fantastic ball. And then Bond kills it out the air, takes it slightly to the side. And then the finish, unbelievable. <laughs> what was that like, actually being pitch side, seeing that? Annoyingly, I was the other side of the pitch, oh. so um, I couldn't see it. In, in, you know, but as I said, that angle is very good indeed. And yeah, um, yeah appreciation to, to Macaulay Bond. Um, as you know, Macaulay spoke to Mike after the game. He, he doesn't normally pray, but he prayed. And uh, I'm sure he prayed for some goals. And that first one, oh, what a beauty. Um the question is, are you entertained? Because I don't think we're going to be seeing any drab nil-nils. Oh, yeah. God, jinxed it now. We're going to... Wimbledon game is going to be nil-nil now. But, um, oh, the goals keep coming, don't they? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we just can't, you know, defend. But um, we'll get into that. This has to be karma for, for Stu and Hutchie and, and Roscoe as well. Sitting through... I mean, Roscoe is even worse for you because you were watching on, on the iFollow feed last season. The, the kind of torrent of... Dull nil-nil draws that kind of blended into one. I think they went like four years without scoring, didn't they, towards the end of last season? Um, Hutchie, you weren't there, but um, you obviously do know the score now. It was 2-2, I can confirm it. I'm assuming you've probably seen the goals. What did you make of it from afar? You must have You must have looked at the team. You must have looked at the the highlights. What, did, what do you make of it from? Yeah, I've, your... seen, the, I've seen the goals. Um, yeah. If you're going to play long long ball football and I put that in some inverted commas that's that's the way to do that that's that's, mm. that's targeting an area on the pitch really it was Vincent Young wasn't it with the with the yeah. with the crossfield and um that's tar- that's pinning a defender targeting a defender testing a defender it's not aimless it's not hopeless it, it's it's playing a clever direct pass and then the touch was good but the fin- that that finish was brilliant wasn't it I bet he didn't really expect to score that with a left foot in probably in within a a few inches of the only place in the goal where that could have gone brilliant absolutely fantastic boys where does that rank in terms of goals you've seen at portman road in recent history because i can't i'm struggling to think of 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 better ones recently anyway any thoughts on that stewie you've probably been at most of the games over the last few years uh right up there i think it's probably my favorite since the j tab header Against Middlesbrough, carrying <laughs> J Tab header from a Teddy Bishop deep cross. I think that would have been my my favourite. This might just usurp it because of the the backstory of what had happened with with Macaulay at Cheltenham just a few few days earlier. The uh, the pass, the touch, the finish. Yeah, lovely stuff. Absolutely fantastic stuff, Mike. Shall we? Shall we look at the? Um... The good and the good and bad of the game. We'll get we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, shall we? Um, you've written a piece this morning online, doing very well, well read this morning. Weekend winners and losers. You've written that this week. Um, what stood out for you as good from the game? I guess we have to start, don't we, with Mister Bond showing some real character to to do what he did in this game. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, for, for I mean, bear in mind, he was like the uh, social media uh Rick, Rick of the week, you know, the laughing joke of, of, of everything after that Cheltenham miss, which, of course, lots of people got great delight in and take the mick out of that. I mean, for him to turn around and come out and play like that, I remember me and Stu were sitting side by side, and when the balls played over to him and he took his touch, Stu said to me, hit it. I remember Stu looked at me and went, go on, hit it. And he did, you know. Now, that takes some confidence <laughs> after he couldn't score from, like, six inches. The thump in from, you know, but fantastic credit to, to Macaulay Bond. I mean, you know... It, to, to do that, and then the poacher's goal. What I, the second goal, actually, you see, everyone's like going on about the second goal is a proper centre forwards goal. You see, hang down that back post, the cross comes in, defender's head spins 360 degrees because he's like, where the hell has he gone? And he's behind you, mate. That's where he's gone, and he's got it in. And that was a, that was a just okay. It wasn't spectacular, but from a footballing angle, that was just as good a goal because he's pulled off his marker, got to the back post, wonderful. And the other, just the other quick point I made in my column this morning. Um, I mean, Carl Edwards. I mean, wow. You know, again, me and Stu were talking, we're saying he's actually our player. He's not yeah. Selena. He's not Fraser. He's not some of these other guys we've had. Who's the Derby County guy who's now at Derby? Tom Lawrence. Lawrence. He's not Lawrence. You know, he's our player. Incredible. Three-year deal we've got him for. And he was gorgeous <laughs> to watch on the ball. I mean, he just... He just slid past, danced past people, and and it was he, he was fact he deserved to be another one deserved to be on the winning side. He pulled a couple of balls back across a six yard box. No one was there. I mean, you know, Piggott was on the bench, so there was no one there. Uh, Macaulay Bond had done his bit. Um, you know, we need a, an attacking midfielder be on the end of them, or we need another striker up there be on the end of them. They were superb. I mean, he was what a highlight. Carl Edwards is. I mean, fantastic mm. wing play, and more important, as I said. He's a three-year deal at Ipswich Town, which is great. Yeah, looking more and more like the steal of the century, that, isn't it, Stewie? Where, where does he rank in terms of players who are excited at town? It, I mean, there have been, in the in the recent history, at least, certainly under Mick McCarthy and others, there have not been that many players who you think, bloody hell, every time he gets the ball, something could happen here. But where would you rank him in, in terms of excitement factor for, for town players in recent, in recent times? We've only seen him for what, three appearances, one of which was off the bench so far, but everything he's done so far, you, from, sometimes with players, you can just tell mm. virtually from the first touch, the first dribble, there's something here. And we felt like that from the minute he came on for his debut at, at Burton, backed it up at Cheltenham. I knew going into this game that town fans were going to love him. And I talked about hearing that one of the most beautiful sounds in football is the clatter of seats as people stand up in anticipation when someone gets the ball. And he is that player, Kyle Edwards. He's got that lovely... The best dribblers in football, doesn't, they don't do it with their feet. They do it with their upper half of their body. If you watch Lionel Messi, he doesn't... Quite often, he doesn't manipulate the ball with his feet. He just sends people the wrong way with the slightest little feint of the shoulder or drop of the body and... And that's what Carl Edward does. And, and combine that with the most blistering acceleration over the first two mm. or three yards. He's got that way of sort of slowing himself down, which slows the defender down and then bursts away with a, with a turn of pace. And those two things combined uh, makes him really good to, to watch. Um, I hope we're not getting too carried away with him, but um, for Ipswich to have got him in League One is is outrageous, really. The stars aligned. The championship is in a financial mess at the moment. Reading were under embargo. Bournemouth weren't really in a position to sort of be be uh, doing deals at, at the time. Um, and Ipswich swooped. And you can see now why 
Mark Ashton and co dropped everything and uh, pulled the plug on on Jacobs the way they did over that weekend to get him because um, I could get used to watching Carl Edwards in action. Let's get carried away, Stewie. Let's get carried away. We haven't got that much to be excited about. Carl Edwards, probably the greatest tear in Ipswich Town history, I reckon. <laughs> Mike's right, though. The difference is they've had exciting players before, but they've been borrowed and you're kind of yeah. thinking, well, let's enjoy them while they can. People, you know, uh, Fraser from Bournemouth was probably the last time people kind of got really excited in that way. But he's ours and he's on a three-year deal and um, that's great. Can I also note before we move on, peek behind the curtain times, you made reference to the, the first goal going in and there being a delay on your goal update because you were applauding from the uh, the press box. That is very much against press box etiquette. You're not meant to show any sort of partisanship, applause, booing, whatever. In any sport, whatever you're covering, the press do not get involved in that way. But you felt it was worthy of a little clap, I, did you? I wasn't alone. I think um, it, it's very <clears throat> rare. It's quite, you know, press boxes are meant to be neutral places, not mm-hmm. always ad- adhered to. The MK Don's uh, media man got a little bit carried away with, uh, with their <laughs> first goal. And they're, uh, fair enough, they're club employees, but certainly... Yeah. For us kind of working in outside media, it's not the done thing. But um, I wasn't alone in just stopping and and uh, applauding that one. That was that was deserved. Yeah, normally if, if you show any sort of partisanship in a press box, in any sort of sport that you're covering, you'll get the same look as if you walk into a shop now not wearing a face mask. <laughs> I'd very much give you that look. If you're clapping next to me, I'll give you the, the eyes. I'll give you the keen stare. What are you doing? Disgrace. Be professional. Roscoe, give us some more good stuff about the game. What can I do then, pitch side? Am I not allowed to celebrate a little fist pump? You know, what can I do? I don't know. You, I, I, just, get, I just get up. I just get up and film the fans hey, celebrating. Just, so that's exactly, my celebration. Just, just film. Plus, you're you're obviously a lord until yourself anyway. You're an entirely different species, Roscoe. So, yeah. and you turn what... up wearing an Ipswich Town jacket, Ross. Yeah. You've already. You've already... You've already put your colours on your chest. You this is also this is also a man who turned up when we went to do the Fabio Wardley interview wearing a Fabio Wardley t-shirt. So he's he's got no problem uh, nailing his colours to the mast. Roscoe, uh, give give us some other good stuff about the game before we get on to the, the, the obvious negatives. Oh, the obvious good was what Mike and uh, Stu said, you know, and just McCauley straight away. I'm I know he's my boy, but um mm. for him to step up and score that goal. Um, after the Cheltenham game, you know, he put the post out on socials and stuff. I'm sure all week he was probably watching that back, or maybe he wasn't actually. Maybe it's best not to watch it back. But uh, yeah, as, as the boys said about Carl Edwards, oh, what a player. He's definitely better than Guion Edwards, I'll tell you that. He was my boy <laughs> last season. But uh, Guion had just a two month spell where he was unbelievable, but um, he then just disappeared. And uh, But no, it's just great that we, we took the lead twice. Um, unfortunately, that lead didn't last that long. Um, and of course, we'll get on to the negatives in a minute. But mm. it's just good that we finally was able to score that second goal after the you know previous weeks, you know, when we lost against Cheltenham and Burton, we weren't able to find that that second goal um, to get the win. And um, oh, we thought it was the moment, weren't it? We were actually going to win a game, but unfortunately not. But we'll get on to you know, further topics in a, me- in a minute. Yeah. Do you want a couple you... more positives before we move on? Yes, please. Um, I thought Hayden Colson had an encouraging debut without sort of going overboard. It wasn't, it, you know, I think there's more to come from him, but you can see what well, it sounds like he's still kind of, he had COVID quite, quite badly. There was after effects of that. Paul Cook said he's carrying a bit of a knee problem as well. He got subbed sort of midway through the second half, but I thought you could see the attacking intent from him and what he's going to bring. And that we talked about having sort of a mirror image of Kane Vincent Young on, on the other side. And, um, can see the potential there for that for him and Edwards to be a real 
a real threat down that left-hand side. So looking forward to to seeing some more of him. Um, what else was I going to mention? Oh, Scott Fraser. Finally get to see Scott Fraser in, in the number 10 position. We talked a lot about that in, in the build-up. I thought he looked a lot more effective in there. I think in a really understated way, not in the same way that we're waxing lyrical about Kyle Edwards, but Scott Fraser, I think, is you can see his quality and his class there. We, we talked a lot about the, the first goal, and rightly so, but the assist for that second, do not yeah. underestimate how good a cross that was from, from Scott Fraser, sort of a bent it in that perfect zone between goalkeeper and defence, dissected the six-yard box, that corridor of uncertainty, and... Um, and obviously McCauley's alert at the far post. But um, I thought that was the best sort of 9-10 combo that we've seen so far. Cook's tried a lot of different combinations up there. Mm. Um, Fraser just off of Bon. I thought there's a, there's a bit of potential there with those two. I love that term, corridor of uncertainty. There's quite a few things you could apply that to in life. Hutchie, what did you make of the lineup? We spoke on Thursday's show, which was just the two of us compared to five of us today. We talked about Joe Piggott. Um, potentially dropping out of the side was it time and it was time at the weekend um he was on the bench and by all accounts bond and fraser did the job so is that now bond's job to lose do you think we obviously we, we said that piggott is very much came in as the, as the 20 goal a season striker what do you make of that one well that's, that's what we were talking about wasn't it I, I, mm. you, I don't think you can go with him forever i mean i was interested that it was bond that got that nod ahead of Piggott to go with to go with Fraser but of course it's Bond shirt to lose now the man's just scored the, the man's just scored twice he's, he's come back from his big his big blunder in the week with a with two really good goals so um yeah of course it's his it's his shirt to lose now I would imagine particularly if Fraser's played well in the in the hole behind him hmm. interesting Mike give us some some negatives obviously there are obvious negatives I'm I'm still I've watched it a few times I'm still not entirely sure what Lee Evans was doing for the uh the equalizer because there wasn't he looked like he was shaping up to pass but the only only person he could have been passing to was the keeper there was no one else around him um really frustrating <laughs> well look look everybody now plays from the back okay <clears throat> yeah. when Barcelona played tippy tappy football everyone started playing tippy tappy football when people started playing just one up front everyone copies one up front Football is unique, a sport, and as much as it doesn't really think for itself, it just copies whatever the best team is doing and thinks it can apply it to itself. And playing out from the back is what, do fans love to see it? Yeah, I suppose to a degree they do, but there can be overplaying. And and sometimes, and when you're in the Premier League, I mean, you watch Premier League football, if you watch Match of the Day, and you watch it, the better players can, they can play out from the back a lot more comfortably than League One players. Mm. Um, and, you know, we just... Lee Evans was just, I suppose, just dawdling, really. I mean, he was just past the ball and just didn't seem to be aware of what was around. He's a good player. I mean, he's got to start getting on his back too much. I mean, he won't probably make that mistake again this season or next three seasons, but he's mm. made it this week. And he was just half asleep. He just was not aware of what was around him. Now, whether no one called, someone watching it back, I think it's uh, Watching it back, I think it's his first touch. It's just really heavy. Uh, mm. Carroll does well to sort of receive the ball and turn. And then he passes, and, and Evans' first touch is just too heavy. And by the time he, and then he's not aware of the the man sort of behind him. I think you're right. He's he's then about to sort of pass it back to the goalkeeper, just not aware of someone on him. But that's just having that. Just shows you you've got to have that concentration and mm. that sharpness about you at all times. And um, yeah, 
the, the first goal wasn't wasn't much well wasn't much better either was it that was a pretty poor one to concede we keep talking about mistakes and it's very much the theme uh, that we keep returning to cook again saying we've got to cut out these these silly mistakes they're really costing us and last week i suggested to hutchie that maybe that is a kind of side effect of these players not having played together that much before and not really knowing how each other will react in, in certain circumstances. Um, and we, we came to the agreement that that was probably a bit right and a bit wrong. Where do you, where do you stand on, on these mistakes that are happening, Stu? Because that has been one of the storylines of the season so far. Town keeps shooting themselves in the foot. I think you can really legislate for them as a manager, can you? You know, so suddenly people then talk about Cook, but you can do all you want on the training pitches. Hmm. If they're just individual errors, is that... Is that to do with chemistry? Is that to do with coaching? Or is that just, they happen from, you know, it's, I don't know. We go looking for reasons for things sometimes. It's just Ipswich have made some individual errors and they've, they've, they've stacked up a little bit. I mean, the, the first goal is also Wolfenden. It's mm. a bit of a soft foul after he kind of failed to intercept the ball and then tried to rectify his own error. That's a bit of a soft foul. And then it's compounded by... Plaggy's positioning not being particularly good. I mean, you've, he was positioned right over to the right-hand side of his goal. was begging for Scott Twine to put it over on that side. He then, looking at it back, um, gets some decent glove on that ball and really should, I think, be keeping that out. So it's not been the most convincing start for him mm. um, at Ipswich Town thus far. Um, we talked about Lee Evans. We were waxing lyrical about Harper and Evans as a kind of a... a midfield combo throughout pre-season and after the Morecambe game but Evans has had a couple of iffy little games and in, in, um, you know we talked about him not being great at Cheltenham as well um, so yeah I don't really know what to say individual errors are individual errors they just they happen and unfortunately they've just been happening a bit bit too regularly for Ipswich. Mm. Just on the Evans thing there, how did how did Tom Carroll look when he came on? Obviously, there would have been people there, but a lot of people may not have seen the game. It's his first serious time on the pitch. Um, what did he bring when it when he came on? I thought he looked okay. Um, I mean, he didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of stuff. See, the thing is, the thing is with with Evans making mistakes and stuff. What what do you do? Or, or Evans and Harper, they didn't seem as didn't seem as dominant on Saturday. I don't know. I haven't seen all the games, but I mean, I just mm. didn't feel they seemed as dominant on Saturday. And you've got, you know, you've got Carroll sitting there. You've got Chaplin sitting there. What are you going to keep doing? Is Cook going to continue to keep, is he going to keep making more changes? Is he going to try and find that formula? Because the more this goes on, the more this continual gel word is going to come out. You know, it's, that's, that's to me my problem. Carroll comes on. Yeah, he does some nice little touches and stuff, but you don't, you don't have enough time in 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to, to do a huge amount. I'm sure he's, he's obviously a fine player, just as Chaplin is. But mm. I just, if you, you know, people need to grab the shirt and, and, and make it happen and give Cook a lot easier a ride. Cook's not getting much of an easy ride right now because he could fight. I mean, he's already dropped Piggott. You know, I mean, Piggott has been our, has been, was Wimbledon's top scorer. He's been a top scorer for years. And within three games, he's on the bench. I mean, really, he should be leading our line from the start and without any problems whatsoever. I mean, I know you've got. Bon up there as well, but he should really have been uh, as a lone player challenging Piggott. Really, within two or three games, he's already taken his place. And as Andy said, would you drop Bon? Of course, you're not going to drop Bon. So the same with Harper and Evans. Really, you know, you want him to dominate. So you've got players on the bench who can't get in the starting lineup now. I think what's Cook going to do on Saturday? 
little way off. I think, yet, I think but... the debate around midfield now, as I've seen a lot of people saying, we've lacked uh, we lack we lack a bit of a destroyer in there. You know, for all the nice entertaining football, we need someone who can break it up and like to tackle, yeah. and that's what you need in League One. And you know, I said a few weeks ago about sort of the fullbacks leaving big gaps, and a, a prime Cole Scoos is someone who who intercepts and covers gaps and does things like that. Um, you know, even Flynn Downs, who's obviously left for for reasons, you know, he would be well suited to that. But what I would say is, MK, you don't play a team like MK Dons every week. You know, they dominate the football. They're one of the best, if not the best, in this division at keeping possession. Um, and it was a game. I always felt it was a game where Ipswich's best chance was to to win it down the flanks with the attacking fullbacks backing up the wingers um, and overloading MK Dons wingbacks, and that's where they got a lot of their joy. Mm. Talked about Edwards and, and others and the potential where they were going to lose it was getting overrun in, in midfield, which ultimately is the game more on. Is it any surprise that Evans and Harper sort of tired as a midfield two kind of chasing, maybe getting overrun a little bit in midfield? And it, maybe it was a surprise when Cook's kind of change was to bring Carroll on and go with Carroll kind of sat in front of the back two. And it looked like quite a conservative move at 1-1 at the time. But he just said, look, we were getting overrun in midfield and we just needed to calm ourselves down a little bit. So you can kind of see the logic there with that. Um, so I, I would like to see a little bit more sort of um, aggression, controlled aggression. from Harper lost a couple of sort of 50-50s in that game. I mean, the one right at the very end where they probably should have lost it when Josh Martin hit the bar. Harper was, you know, looking a little bit tired in that second half and then and lost out on a, in a tackle. So, um, yeah, that midfield balance going to be interesting. Carroll's clearly got ability. I mean, mm. again, he's another one that's played Premier League and Championship all his career and was doing pretty well at QPR by all accounts till injury struck last season. You could see that with the, with some of his passes when mm. he came on. So, just need to find that combo and start bedding it in now, don't they? All all over the pitch in all departments. Mm. Just on the, the peak behind the curtain side of things as well, Stu, I know in your Stu says but you did yesterday, speaking to Paul Cook after the game, you get the sense that maybe he's a little bit drawing criticism from, from things that are, are being said and being asked to him where maybe there, there isn't criticism. Um, I, I know a reference to him having a chat with a fan as he walked off the pitch. Can you give a little insight into into that and into, into what Cook's like? Yeah, I think he's, he's obviously been around long enough to know how moods change in football a little bit. And all I can say is that the post-match press conference, every question was posed in a very soft, positive light. You know, mm. that was a really entertaining game, wasn't it, Paul? And you must believe the way you're playing that that win will soon come. And Carl Edwards was really good, wasn't he? And he kind of, I've seen this with a lot of managers. They don't sometimes often listen to the question. I think they've got it in their mind to get on the front foot about what they perceive the question might be. So Paul mm. then sort of, you know, it could be a question about Carl Edwards is really good. And before you know it, Paul Cook's gone off on a tangent about sort of negativity. And I know what the headlines will be out there. And I know what radio phone-ins will be like. And I've been around football long enough and um, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, there was there was a... There were some boos at the end, um, not insignificant boos, but a, a very sort of a short burst of frustration. I would say more than more than anything else. Um, I don't know. That's a bigger debate, isn't it, at the moment about where they're at and how people are feeling about it? 
We'll come on to that in due course, Stewie. Thanks for teeing that up. Any other notes from the game before we move on, boys? Anything else you want to mention? Roscoe, Nicky, Stewie? I'll quickly just jump in about playing, you know, around the back because I think it's it's a win and lose situation, really, because, of course, we were frustrated with Mick McCarthy's hoof ball and then we were frustrated with Paul Lambert's, you know, pass around the back. And I think, I think, Playing both of those ways, I don't think you can win sometimes. You know, you just get frustrated with it. Definitely if like moments like Lee Evans where he loses the ball and then they go and score from that. And then when if you hoof the ball up and it just goes out into row Z and, you know, no one's winning the ball and it's just back and forward, back and forward. Sometimes you just can't win that way. And I don't know. I, I'm frustrated with, you know, playing around the back for sometimes. But, you know, I think you just got to have certain players who can play that way. Um, and if you know if Joe Piggott's playing, then yeah, hoof it up to him. He heads it on to a winger, or you know, one of the goals where it was a, a great pass to the, to um, Carl Edwards, and then boom. But they're not um, funny and around at the back like they yeah. were under Lambert, though, are we? We're not seeing like a hundred passes between the two centre halves and and that sort of stuff. They, this looks like a team that is willing to mix it up. We've seen some of the goals have come from direct play. That but Bon is a sort of a counter attack outlook with his running in behind. So I've seen enough to think that this is a team that isn't going to just stick to one style of play, that they are going to mix it up a little bit. So mm. um, it's just one of those things. I mean, Ipswich could have scored from um, Wes Burns, kind of intercepted when when MK Dons were trying to play out from the back. That was a big, big moment in this game. Not mm. getting that killer second at the start of the second half when they were on top. Um I didn't probably appreciate it at the time, but maybe Burns could have could have squared that. Um, there might have been better options for rather than sort of go go for goal. But that little period where Edwards flashed a few crosses across the box and Burns hit the post and Bon Bon put one just wide or deflect saw one deflected just wide. That that was probably the little moment in the game where if the second had gone in, if Sputs and maybe's again, different story. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. But you're right, Stu. I mean. That- but Burns' chance was a terrific chance. He's just bearing down on goal one-on-one. Goldie made quite a good save, actually. Got a hand to it, didn't he, I think. Tips sort of moved on the post. But, I mean, that's a goal-scoring opportunity all day long, um, just as Bonds was at Cheltenham. And both times then you go 2-0 up. I would have thought if we'd gone 2-0 up at Cheltenham, if we'd gone 2-0 up against Milton Keynes, I know that's all it's... You, 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 win, you win two games. And it's a diff- we're sitting here having a completely different conversation. They are fine margins. That's where we're at at the moment. But as you're right, Stu, ifs, buts and all this can't go on forever. Um, but that was a great chart. Burns, we, we just forget that a little bit when under all it went on. Um, that was a, a, you know, one-on-one with the keeper. You know, just come straight at him. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's let's draw a line under the game there. Then town's still looking for their first victory of the season, but it's certainly not been dull thus far and there have been some 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 good goals there have been goals and some cracking goals as well so that's tremendous something very exciting now boys you know obviously KOA Army we're already sponsored by manscaped.com use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery we also now have welcomed another sponsor on board for the next month or so very exciting this the new Wolsey Theatre in Ipswich Um, they've got a new show coming up called Never Lost at Home which is Ipswich Town themed, hence they're getting on board with it, the Kings of Anglia podcast. Uh, it's showing from Thursday the 16th of September to Saturday the 9th of October with tickets starting from just £10, available from the New Woolsey website. Uh, and just to fill you in a little bit about the show, Never Lost at Home, you, it may give you a little uh, little inkling as to what it's about. It's a follow-up to Our Blue Heaven, which was a, the sellout show of, uh, of 2018, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Town winning the FA Cup. Well, this one brings back Peter Peverley um, as the iconic Bobby Robson, and um, tell the story of the 1980-81 season. 
uh, which Mike, of course, will remember well, being the most experienced among us, shall we say. Uh, the greatest, most would argue, in the history of Ipswich Town Football Club when Robson's small, skillful, and heroic squad finally came the UEFA Cup, uh, the first European trophy in the club's history, and of course the only. Um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the famous victory, the New Wolves is telling the story through the eyes of a family of obsessive Ipswich fans as they follow their heroes around Europe by plane, train, car, ferry and car boot through Greek riots, Polish revolution, Czech blizzards and French mud. Players and fans both fight their way to a final party in the streets and canals of Amsterdam. And if you're going to have a party, Amsterdam's where you want to do it, boys. Um, with a soundtrack of 1980s hits played live by the multi-talented actor musicians at New Wolsey, football sequences recreated by a community chorus of young people and a gallery of famous faces. Never Lost at Home is a musical celebration of family and community, guaranteed to lift your spirits, whether you're a football fan or not. It sounds tremendous. Mike, you were around, of course. I was around technically. I was in the world at that point. Um, but this is a, a tremendous season, isn't it, to, to remember? And it sounds like a fantastic show and a way of doing it. Well, it sounds fantastic. I'll tell you a little story, shall I? Because Please on, do. On, last, on Tuesday night, just gone, I was sitting having a drink with a man who covered all 66 games for the Ipswich Star and East Anglian Daily Times, Neil Manning, um, who actually lives in Cyprus, but he was back for three weeks and we met up for a drink. And uh, I didn't tell him about this because he'll be back in Cyprus by the time it comes out. But uh, he covered all 66 games that year. Wow. Um, and uh, home and away. So obviously, and it sounds fantastic. I mean, what a great thing to do. I know that Bobby Robson, uh, sorry, it's the guy who plays Bobby Robson is fantastic. And, and the, yeah. the cup, the cup, uh, the, the cup one, the 40 year cup celebrations went down a storm, didn't it? I think it's yeah. everywhere. I mean, so this is that it, it shows how good the first one was because they're, they're, they're doing this one and it sounds brilliant. It's going to be terrific. I mean, it's it's going to be well worth going to. I mean, I'm going to go. Um, what, what a year. I mean, obviously, you don't want me, you don't really want me harking on, do you, about 1981 <laughs> for the next half an hour? Surely not, not half an hour, no. So, just to remind you, then, 10 pounds. A ticket, that's what they start at. New Woolsey website and the show runs. Never lost at home between Thursday 16th of September and Saturday 9th of October. And we are hoping to bring you a KOA special, hopefully speaking to Peter Pevely, who plays Bobby Robson, director, and maybe one of the players from that, that tremendous season. I just thought, boys, before we moved on, we're talking theatre, we're talking treading the boards, we're talking acting, darling. Um, of the five kings, who would you reckon would be the most effective slash best actor? Who would be most at home treading those boards. Stewie, I believe when we've had this conversation before, you you told us that you were uh, something of a showy child. You, you enjoyed performing as a youth. Yeah, it's hard to believe now, isn't it? <laughs> like it kind yeah. of tagged, you tagged me and Andy as being a couple of dullards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did... Uh, I was in, in all, all the school plays and everything. I think I said before I played in some, I can't even remember what it was, some Greek thing. And I, I played the sort of the comedy character, Delirious. Yeah. Uh, had to have a little kiss in there at primary school. That was something that was, that was wow. a little worry. Wow. Um, Who was it? Oh, I can't remember her name now. I remember, remember getting myself in a bit of a tiz about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Always dressing up and putting on little shows as a kid. That uh, I don't know when that that went away. I wanted to be a Blue Peter presenter. That was my that was my big thing for really? a long time. Yeah, oh, amazing. I didn't know that. We're learning new things about each other. Um, did you ever get as far as applying for for Blue Peter presentership, Stewie? Or had uh, life no. taken you in a different direction by that point? No, this was this was a quite a young age. Yeah, is Blue is Blue Peter still around? By the way, boys, I don't, your your kids are probably still too young, aren't they, to to get into that sort of stuff? But I didn't know I if Blue so. 
Is it still running? Never liked Blue Peter, I've got to be honest. It always seemed a bit like more school after school. Anyway, um, I digress. You, you didn't like tortoises being packed up to hibernate <laughs> and dogs running around. What's not to like? Uh, well, yeah, mache. It was all right, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, Hutchie, um, fancy a bit of acting? I was the lead in the school play. What? Yes. You were the lead? Yes. You were the lead, yeah. Yeah, I played a I played a misunderstood shark in a in a produ- in a production called Ocean Commotion. And, uh, <laughs> Ocean Commotion. He just kept getting bla- he, the, the poor guy. He just kept getting blamed for everything. It wasn't him. He wasn't eating people or eating other fish. He was just misunderstood and um, just making his own way in the world. Did you um, approach it from a method acting point of view? Did you live in the sea for a few few weeks in the build up? Yeah, I did. Um, very deep, very deep <laughs> in the sea. I still, I think I've still got it somewhere. I had a waistcoat that I stitched. Well, my mum stitched, yeah, a f- like a foam fin onto. So I was like bow tie and waistcoat with a little fin on the back. Amazing. Uh, you know what this means, of course. It means there must be pictures and hopefully moving video images oh, of the sure not sure you're going to find video you might you might find a picture I'm not i want sure. to see i want to see this my particular acting career peaked with a, a seminal role as king herod in in, in uh, the the christmas production one year um not a speaking role but still one that i i dominated obviously um mickey you strike me as someone who'd be very comfortable on stage treading the boards perhaps in a shakespearean tragedy i once played malvolio in 12th night um, did you which um, which was quite a hard hitting um, hard hitting performance actually. None of this ocean commotion stuff. <laughs> you were serious, mate. You haven't you have, you didn't see ocean commotion. How do you know it wasn't hard hitting? Uh, well, no, but what I'm saying is ocean commotion sounds sort of a little frivolous compared with Twelfth Night, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, um, serious, serious acting only. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twelfth Night is a Shakespeare. Uh, uh, well, it's a tour de force of Shakespeare quality, of which Malvolio is one of the lead characters of which I played. Um, so, yes, it was quite a, it was quite a thing at the time. And, um, yeah, I was uh, I was good, if I say Could so much. Did you give us a little line, Mike? Do you remember? remember I, don't remember much, I don't remember much about it, to be honest. I was only about 13 or 14, so this was sort of pre-war, really. So I can't, <laughs> remember, um, I can't remember much about it. I, I just remember having to, wear, having to wear a big hat. That's all I remember. I'd wear a big hat. There we go, oh. Rossi. We have to. We can't go on without asking you about your your act. You must have been in plays at school and such. What did what, what did you get involved in? I was yeah, I was in plays, but I can't remember the names of them. I think the only one that comes to mind is I was, I played an old man for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, had like a, I had a beard, so before I had a beard, I had to wear a beard, a hat, and a walking yeah. stick. And I just had to walk old. Um, okay. So I so can't remember when, what play it was. When you had the fake beard on, did you go? I like this. Gonna gonna get one of these possibly, later on. Possibly. No, it was itchy. I didn't like it actually. I remember actually it was itchy. I went, nah, I don't like this. I mm. Couldn't wait to take it off when you know when the uh, director went cut. You know that was it. You know, yeah, but there we go. But you, weren't was, expe- you weren't expecting this level of response, were you, Mark? I was hoping for it. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I also love the idea that ocean commotion was like a serious comment on the, on the pillage of the seas. <laughs> Um, with you playing a, a shark harassed by mankind, I like it. Um, not just mankind, excellent. mate, every sea creature, they were all everything, acting. everything. There you go, then. I enjoyed that little roundup of our uh, our acting chops, our history, treading the boards. And boys, I want to move on to another another question now. We've not had a Mark's big question for a while, and something happened to me this weekend which I thought would make a perfect question. So, roll intro if you're listening on podcast, if you're watching on video, you'll see us just stay silent for a couple of seconds while well, actually edits in. In the post edit, yeah, what giving me more work to do, aren't you? 
This is 41.56, Andy. There you 41, go. I'm just going to write it on my little whiteboard. 41.56, <laughs> roll intro. <laughs> Mark's big question, 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 question. Mark's big question, boys. I hope you all enjoyed that intro. Um, <laughs> so I was back uh, commentating on fights this weekend, cage side in Norwich. Um, and a kind of side effect of that was uh, that one, one fight got quite bloody, shall we say. Um, and it was literally right in front of us. Guy caught a shot to the face. Blood sprayed out of the cage uh, and covered me. And my co-commentator, uh, he had we had it all over our hands, all over my script, all over his phone. It, frankly, boys, it's going to be a miracle if I do not um, contract COVID from this event. But <laughs> we shall see. Anyway, so obviously that was that wasn't particularly pleasant. You know when you can actually smell the blood, the, the iron in the air. Um, that was that was what I was I was doing um, on Saturday. So, boys, I thought I'd ask you all. You know, experienced, lengthy, tenured journalists. I wondered what's the worst thing that you've encountered that's happened to you in the line of duty. Now, Mike, I've basically thought up this question with you in mind because you have been a, a journalist for a few more years than, than, than many of us, uh, and you are someone, something of a raconteur, shall we say. So um, what, what what stands out for you as among the worst things that's happened to you? Have you ever been coated in body fluid in, in the line of duty? I've never been, I've never been coated in... <laughs> I've been coated in body fluid, but not in the line of duty. Um, as regards, as regards uh, something extraordinary, I mean, I must confess, I, I did have a situation once that left me rather, um, let's say, wanting to change my underpants. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, it was when I was covering, I was, I was covering Ipswich Town at Newcastle um, yeah. back in the back of the Premier days, and um, for some unknown reason, I was supposed to go up on the on the on the Friday. Um, Obviously, we won't go up Friday nights, but I couldn't go because my wife had booked us tickets to see Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in London, which I tried to get out of, but she wouldn't have it. So I had to go up on Saturday morning with the supporters coach, which which was fine. And off we went. And when we got to, um, I looked at my watch, bear in mind we had to beat, I'd like to to get at the ground an hour, an hour and a half before kickoff, but obviously we're dawdling along. And the time is precisely two o'clock and we're just outside Newcastle getting to Washington services and I thought well not too bad it's going to be a bit of a rush and then the coach pulled in and I sat there and said to the guy what why are we pulled in he said well we can't go in yet we've got to wait for a police escort all the all the coaches have and I <laughs> sat there thinking I said well what time is the police escort and he said about 20 to 3 well, bear in mind, I had to get, I need, I, need, I need to do, I was supposed to be doing a runner for the Greenan at the time. I was absolutely messing myself. Because quite frankly, I was, it was going to be a complete shambles. Now, you're not going to believe this, but I jumped, I, I used my bacon intuition here and thought, well, I can't sit here till 23 with a police escort. So I jumped, I went around, I saw there was an Ipswich Town fans at Washington Services. Obviously, I noticed by the blue and white scarves. I yeah. knocked on a window of a car and I said, excuse me, are you going to the, because they were starting the car up. Are you going into ground now? And they said, yeah, I said, can I have a lift in? And they all sort of looked at me and said, well, yeah, I said, I'm Mike Bacon from the Green and I need to get in. Yeah, look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all went, who? I said, doesn't matter. I said, can I just get in? I said, you've heard so of in Green. 15 years' time, I'll have a blue tick on Twitter. <laughs> <Exactly>. so... <laughs> I said, you'll regret that comment, fella. Anyway, we're driving in. We're driving this to the gospel truth. I live out at Shotley, okay? 
All right. So and as we're driving along, I said to the guy who's driving the car, thank you ever so much for this, pal. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll, 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 I just can't say. So where'd you come from? Do you know what he said? Uh, Shotley. Shotley, Shotley isn't it? He yeah. lived two doors, two roads away from me. That's the gospel truth. And he drove me into the me. So what was and a you, horrendous experience all turned out for the good. And, and you, you didn't know him. He lived two doors away from you. You hadn't seen two him. Roads, two roads. Two roads. Oh, okay. I'm with two you. Two roads, not two doors now. Hutchie, um, you've, you've travelled far and wide in your journalistic career, including working for a national newspaper um, and, and writing some big national stories. What's the, what's the, um, the worst thing that's happened to you in the course of your very important and powerful job? it's a fairly re <laughs> come on <laughs> it's a it's a fairly recent one actually yeah um i think we talked about this one before the joey the joey barton incident in the uh the fleetwood home game in march of 2020 very very wet night sloppy yeah. portman road pitch poorly traction shoes slight incline andy walks up <laughs> to try and interview joey barton slop face first in the mud absolutely <laughs> caked in mud uh and then proceed to interview joey barton so you, 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 you are you interviewing him with mud like on everywhere. your person on your face everywhere absolutely wow. caked in it again if only there was a video of that why there probably is on some kind of in like cctv security <laughs> it's, it's probably been wiped now i'd imagine 18 months later but it probably existed at one point very embarrassing. Hope. Joey was Joey was very gracious about it. Well, he's known for being a gracious man, of course. He, he is. In, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I expected nothing less from him. Yeah, Stewie, you've you've been travelling the length and breadth of the country covering football for for many many years. Um, what's the what's well, the worst thing? Uncomfortable with this phrase in the line of the in the line of duty when we've probably got paramedics and policemen and firefighters listening to this we're talking about slipping over while interviewing <laughs> football managers um uh, big, being a bit being a bit big like medal in the post yeah. coming <laughs> um probably probably when we decapitated that deer last season that, oh, that yeah. wasn't oh. too clever was it um yeah. that wasn't great that wasn't great um in terms of getting covered in body fluids which <laughs> seems to be where we're going with this now um yeah. I think in the, uh, the the Norwich playoff semi final when they scored and there's always there's always a fan that decides that for some inexplicable reason they turn around and give it the big one in the face of the opposition journalists sometimes sort of frothing yeah. at the mouth they get a little bit carried away I've seen other journalists say that that's happened to them on on Twitter sometimes so um, yeah little bit of spittle from an opposition fan oh, isn't, lovely isn't particularly nice sometimes. Um, I always remember a game at Bournemouth where the press box was back in the middle of the uh, home and away fans, and there was a few projectiles getting lobbed to and fro, sort of over over the heads of the assembled press. Um, it's not a dangerous profession, is it? Let's be honest. Wow, um, it, Roscoe, it, it is if you're the deer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was definitely dangerous for the deer. Venison for tea, chaps. Uh, Roscoe. Um... Tell us about a story where you've experienced unpleasantness in your line of work. Well, a lot of you guys know I'm very unprepared most times when I go to games. And um, I'm going to bring up two games from last season. I know the season before COVID hit. Um, 
Portsmouth away and Oxford away, where it rained a lot. The Oxford game was very close to being abandoned. That was how bad the rain was. Um, and yeah, I was very unprepared. I absolutely got drenched from head to toe. And yeah, it was a miserable day. Both games were dreadful as well. We, we drew nil-nil and we lost against Portsmouth. Um, did you have was a, very wet. Were you wearing shorts and did you have a coat? Um, I wasn't wearing shorts for both games, but I didn't really wear like a proper good coat. So I was very wet. So yeah. And also another story is I think this was Lincoln City. I think this is the five three defeat. Um during the game, I needed a poo. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very much trying to hold it in and praying <laughs> for half time. Thankfully, I didn't do what you think I would have done. You didn't, but, you didn't um, do. You didn't do a muzzy carry off. <laughs> no. no. Thankfully, um, and I don't know if anybody saw. I did somewhat try to run to the toilets. Uh, thankfully, we had our own little. I don't know. I don't, probably the toilet I used probably wasn't allowed for me. Uh, VIP. I it. it probably was. So I wasn't going to use where the fans were because that was just you know cues. Yeah. In, in the likelihood. But I just went and just used a, a, just a toilet that I found and I probably wasn't allowed to use it, but but yeah. When you need to go, you need to go. Um, yeah. There we go. Let, let's finish there, shall we? And, and move away from, from the sublime <laughs> to the sublime to the ridiculous. Let's talk about football, shall we, boys? Because that's what we're here to do. Ipswich Town have played five games so far this season. They've not won a single bloody one of them. Um, so I thought we'd just have a little reflection as to, as to what we've made of it so far. Um, how are you feeling, boys? Let me ask you that about Ipswich Town. Andy Hutch Warren, you look like you want to leave, but how are you feeling five games into this season? This is not what we'd expected, is it? We'd, we'd hoped for, for so much more. Disappointed, unacceptable, yeah. but understandable. That's... Going back going back to the, pre- the previous slogan, it's, they should have won more, but I think going back to the very top of this, where, where you guys were talking about the entertainment factor, and it mm. and it's and it's improved so significantly, there are reasons for optimism. You're not having to search desperately to find to find those reasons. Um, and I, I would say the optimism, the optimism, optimism is real. There are players that haven't delivered what we thought they might. There are players that have maybe delivered what we thought and some that have maybe over delivered on, on what we thought. And I, I genuinely feel at this point that it's all going to come together. I'm not saying they're going to suddenly click and reel off 10 straight victories. Um, I don't think that is going to happen, but I, mm. I, I, I think there's very real reasons for optimism there that, that make me feel like this team's going to be just fine. Mike, how are you feeling? You're generally a positive, a positive soul, but but obviously you're one of these fans, and there are a lot of them out there who who live through the real glory days, the proper peak, the zenith of Ipswich Town. And now, as you so memorably said in the season preview, you you were going to watch them play Morecambe in the season over this season, uh, and they still haven't won a game. So, how are you feeling about the season to this point? I am feeling disappointed, like Andy said. Um, I think they should have won a game by now. I don't think it's been the toughest start in the world. I don't really care for all 11 different players. I think the quality they have in the squad have been good enough to win a game by now. I'm especially disappointed they lost to Newport in the Cup. I think that was an opportunity wasted. I don't understand it. Um, with so many players in the squad, and we've now got likes of Pickett and others sitting on the bench. I believe it's the second round of the League Cup this week. I believe. I don't know if I can't remember because we're out of it. I don't ever remember the second round usually. But we could, have a game, we, we could have a game Tuesday night. I don't know who Newport have got, but we could have a game here Tuesday night or somewhere um, where you can play a few players who have been sitting on the bench because you've now got a decent decentish squad. 
and of course mix in all the youngsters as per usual nothing wrong with that mm. um but so i'm disappointed we're out of the league cup because i think this week we could have had another game mm. and we could win that game and we might we might be the one that we win and suddenly it changes everything it doesn't matter we, we're not going to win the league cup we know that so do we not enter the fa cup then because we're not going to win that either you mm. can't just you know you can't take the stance of we're just not interested because we're not going to win it or it's just too much baggage or and of course a lot of them young players who played against newport don't have another game now unless they play on the, I suppose, got the trophy, the under 23 trophy thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, disappointed. But as Annie said, there are lots of positives. Let's 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 be honest. There are. There are more positives than negatives. Um, it just doesn't feel that way at the moment. Stewie, uh, rather than just go around and ask everyone how they're feeling, obviously disappointed is going to be a theme. But in terms of, of players who have, have, have slashed, um, surprised, excited you, slash disappointed you, are, are, there, are there names that players maybe have exceeded your expectations and others who, who have kind of not met them? Um, I guess maybe Bonner's perhaps pleasantly surprised me. I didn't, mm. I didn't realize he was as physical as he is. I knew, he, I knew he could run off the shoulder and, and score goals, but he's, he looks like a more all round package to me. And that, I mean, he talked about having an extra 10% with wearing the Ipswich town badge. I mean, you can tell, it's very rare that somebody cares as much in modern football for the badge that they're wearing. And that is, I've not seen somebody love playing for a football club as much as they are Macaulay Bond. You watch the celebrations and Ross has captured a few from pitch side. He's looking yeah. up, he's trying to find everybody in the crowd. He's got all his mates there, all his childhood mates, friends and family. So he's, you know, he's a, he's a cult hero in the making. He already is, isn't he? Already so many games in. Um, as I said, sort of maybe a few question marks over the goalkeeper, but it's still early days thus far. Um, Wes Burns is, seems to be another little bit of a Guion Edwards to me. I think he's he's got flashes of of quality, but maybe the end product isn't isn't quite there with him at, at the moment. Um, you could go through them all, and they're, they're, we're trying to bed them all in, aren't we? I think. Mm they're going to be absolutely fine. I could get used to watching this. I keep reminding myself, oh, how many games of watching Ipswich Town have blurred into one? How many games have we come away just instantly forgetting about a game of football? How many games have the fans gone away and really questioned the sanity of them paying out money for for, for these matches to go? It's not going to be like that. Whether it's enough for Ipswich to finish in the top two or to have a real shot at promotion this season, whether whether it's going to take a bit of extra time, I don't know. But it's it's going to be, I can tell you this for now, it's going to be a great ride and I think it's going to be a really enjoyable one. And that's all we've wanted. Strap yourselves in, try and enjoy it the best we can. That's all we can do. Rossi, what have you made of it all? And then we'll, we'll move on to something a little bit different to finish the show. I've had fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, of course, it'd be nice to, to win a game, but can't have it all. Uh, we're seeing mm. goals, fans are back. Um, we've been to Cheltenham and back. Uh, yeah, it's just been to Cheltenham and back. Yeah. I'm happy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but obviously, you know, it's, it's still disappointment in there. Um, but you know, can't have it all. You know, it's just as I said, it's just great that we've been able to go and watch games again after the, the year we've had, so yeah. I'm going to leave it there, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yes, Hutchie, 
Should we move on to, to something different now? Um, because, I mean, we've said that you were at a wedding this weekend. That's actually a lie. You've had to take a second job because you're gambling lots <laughs> of the mount- you're mounting up. Um, but I've just seen some some breaking news actually flash up on my phone, which may mean that we may have to review the monetary situation thus far. I'm told by a leader of the Northern Battalion that Piggott has been awarded the goal against Burton. Yeah. Which, has. which means retrospectively, you win that bet. Yeah. So let's let's dig deep into this because this is big news. This is maybe the biggest news of the summer so far. Um, you you won. What was it? Hundred grand you put on that. So what did you win? Let me get my little. Let me get my little. I think he was. I'm going to have to go back and check this because I haven't got the odds written down. I'm amazed he's been awarded it. It looks exactly. It looked like a defender headed that in. Um, so he is off the mark in an Ipswich shirt officially. officially yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and check the odds for this. Um, but I think can he we was also doubling talk about your money roughly? Wouldn't you? Probably better than that. It's probably likely to be about three to one. I would say. Um, let me go back through. No, no, he was two to one. So more than doubling the money. So I put a hundred grand on that. So I'd have won 200 grand, which would have, which puts me, yeah, 200 grand up. But before we get onto that, yeah, how's this working? We haven't particularly set, settled this one out yet because he didn't get on at the weekend. He was part of my bet this weekend. And any normal bookmaker, that, that double, would, yeah. that, that double would have been not voided, but it would have become, I'll be honest, I did put some real money on it myself. And, um, <laughs> and it, um, and it halved it. So I actually won this weekend on the both teams to score part of it. Ah, okay. So does this work in the same way? Well, yeah. If that, I mean, that's, that's to, real. It? it has to do. Of course it does. Yeah. So what did you actually end up winning then? So I actually, I what 50 grand stake uh, this week, got me 82 and a half thousand back. Um, so that, win was your th- real, that was your real money bit. And it? that was my real money. And, and at this point, <laughs> I would like to resign... From my from my job, please, because I've picked up a few hundred thousand pounds on Joe Piggott at Burton, another thirty-two on this one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's actually going quite well, isn't it? You'll have to you'll have to do the math, as the Americans say, Hutchie, um, and tell us how much money you've actually won now and, and where we are in in the grand scheme of things. But this is tremendous news. You've won. You've now won two bets after what can only be described as a disastrous start to this feature. We might have some more life in it yet you're going to have some more money to play with which is well, great i think i'm i think i'm back to 932,500 pounds so really. close so really. close so i'm actually only what 60 67 and a half thousand pounds down there you go then so this feature was was building as a as a an example of the of the pitfalls of betting now it's showing that kids get some bets on get, you can make some serious money there. get yourself out there <laughs> Make some cash. Lob some money on things. Um, I, I assume, Hutchie, it's way too early for you to have considered your million-pound yes. pick for this weekend. Okay, it well, is. we will put out that maybe on social media later this week or if we do another pod, um, it will go on there. Boys, it's been tremendous to have all five kings around the, this virtual table today. I've had great fun, and I feel like I've got to know you a bit better as well, particularly around the theatrical background of each of you. Um, I've never, ever pictured Mike as a serious actor in a Shakespearean role um so yeah fantastic and also Hutchie as a leading man dressed in a shark costume fantastic there's an image 
I'm going to take with me. <laughs> Any other business, boys, before we move on uh, and get on with our, our Monday and indeed the rest of our week? Mike, have you got anything else you want to add? We should also, of course, while we come to you, editor of the Kings of Anglia magazine, how how is uh, progress going with that and when's it going to be on the streets? Well, that's, that's funny you should say that because there's been some big progress this week because on Thursday I sat down with Joe Piggott. Oh, nice. To do a big interview with him for the magazine. We sat in a lovely little executive box overlooking the ground and um, it was really interesting. Nice to talk to him. He's going to be the main man for the magazine lead and front. Great stories to tell. I'm not I'm not even going to start to give you a little teasy wheezy because you'll start to ask me more questions. <laughs> a teasy wheezy. Once you ask me more questions, I end up telling you more and more. And then everyone knows what this is all about. So I'm not even going to tell you a thing. Kings of Anglia yeah. magazine will be out in the, it's been printed, I think, the 3rd or 4th of September. So it'll be out in the middle of September. We'll be at Planet Blue, hopefully. So you can pick up your King KOA mag, very popular KOA mag. Um, and uh, thanks also, there'll be some big stuff in there. Um, we're really looking forward to it. So, um, yes, it's coming along nicely. Thank you for asking. Without giving away any of the stories, uh, Mike, what's Joe like as a person? Because I've seen him interviewed and he 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 looks to be perhaps the most laid back individual I've ever encountered. He also <laughs> seems to pass more than a, a passing resemblance to Rodders from Only Fools and Horses. Uh, can you confirm or deny either of those points? He's a very laid back man. Yes, he's a very laid back character. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to him. I actually said to him, I said, you must get on well with Mr. Wolferden because he's very laid back as well. And yeah. he did agree with, that he does get on very well. They're both very, very polite, decent young man uh, and a great backstory um, involving other sports as well, particularly not just football. And um, yeah, he's a very laid back guy. Um, and it was lovely to stand over the Portman Road. We went outside the executive box. He looked out and he just looked at me and went, this is proper, isn't it? This is a proper club. And I thought, you know what, that's nice to hear, you know. Mm. And so I was pretty gutted he was dropped on Saturday, quite frankly. But, I mean, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's, but that's not my call, you know. So yeah. I'd have been the team all day long. But that's the, that's Mr. Cook to judge for. Superb, fantastic stuff. Um, did you have a little Elton John sing along with him as well, like you did with Luke? No, the, <laughs> no, 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 I didn't have an Elton John sing along with him. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, Luke Wolford, he enjoyed that, didn't he, at Culture that night? Yeah, I don't know what brought that on. It was just crazy. But uh, we enjoyed that. But no, not with Joe. Another time we'll be singing with Piggott. Yeah. Um, Roscoe, we should mention, of course, before we go, the ladies. You Obviously, we've got the Track to Girls Talk dedicated podcast, so we won't get too much into depth there. But the ladies, at least one Ipswich Town side are winning. Um, they won again yesterday. Just a, a quick roundup of what happened. They won 1-0, didn't they? 1-0 when it rained. So Who did they, again. It was their first game at home, wasn't it? Yeah, first home league game. Crawley Wasps were in town and a 1-0 win. Uh, Blue Wilson scored, but then also got stretched off, which is a not good sign um, as, of course, she's a new captain. But, yeah. Uh, hopefully nothing too serious. Yeah, get better soon, Blue. So the ladies have obviously stepped up a league uh, and new league, no problem, though. They've won both their first two games. So so look out for the, the Tractor Girls podcast with, with Ross Halls. That's that man. And Katie Sandals. Um, excellent new addition to the KOA channel. Stewie, Andy, have you got anything else to mention before we, we take our leave? No, no other business. business. No other business. There you go, then. A historic Kings of Anglia show is in the books. All five kings for the first time. Follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. YouTube especially, because we're building that there with some exclusive video content, mostly courtesy of the boy Rossi. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, because that helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts. And support our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use the code CoA at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free delivery. Everything on that excellent site. And also remember, get your tickets now. Never lost at home. 
New Woolsey Theatre running between Thursday the 16th of September and Saturday the 9th of October. Tickets start from just £10 via the New Woolsey website. Tremendous. Your week has been kicked off in enjoyable fashion. I hope you agree. Have a great one. And we'll speak to you next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeball. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.